Today, it's October 17th, and you're listening to the podcast known as Born on This Day. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm known as Bill Antonio. Bill, clean your virtual desktop because today is National Clean Your Virtual Desktop Day. Marco, mind your own business. <laughs> What is your desktop like, Bill? Is it a mess or is it very neat and organized? Uh, you know, I'm not the m neatest person in the world in real okay. life, but my virtual desktop, I'm really actually meticulous about constantly keeping it clean, constantly deleting files I don't need, and constantly clearing, clean, cleaning out my recycling box. Okay. And it has actually gotten me in trouble. One time I had to rewrite an entire column because I oh. had deleted it by accident. And my sister was like, I don't understand how someone who never cleans his room keeps such <laughs> a meticulous computer. Like, why do you empty your recycling box every day? I said, I don't know. It's just a habit. I love it. Yeah. Maybe if you had a virtual room, it would be neat. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, something about uh, on my computer, I like, I, my my brain just is happier when everything is kept in in good order. I don't nice. Know. Well, I'm also one of those people, you know how some people, you they turn on their phone and they the little um, email icon shows like 50,000 unread emails in the little yeah. red dot? Yeah. I cannot allow those to, like I have an OCD thing where like, if any of them have the red notification thing, I have to clear it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ever since I've been, ever since I've cleared that and every single one of my emails has been sort of read or marked as read, mm -hmm. I just feel calmer in front of my yeah. computer. I have a friend who every time he opens his phone, his reads like 342 unread messages. And I said, you're a psychopath. Like, yeah. what is the matter with you? Well, listen, if you're going to deal with it, today's the day to deal with all that shit. Indeed. And if today is your birthday, it is said that you are a Libra who is wise, artistic, and to say the least, complicated. You want harmony, but oftentimes are in conflict with what your logical self says and what your heart tells you. Oh, well, let's see if that's true of our birthday celebrants today. Starting us off, Matthew McFadden first became famous for playing sullen British characters, such as the lead in Death at a Funeral and as Mr. Darcy in the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. But more recently, he has found fame in an Emmy nomination as Tom Wamsgans on the hit HBO series Succession. He was born on this day in Norfolk, England in 1974. Felicity Jones appeared in Stephen Frayer's Sherry with Michelle Pfeiffer and Julie Tamor's version of The Tempest as Miranda, gaining notice when she played Charles Dickens' mistress in The Invisible Woman by Rafe Fiennes, and then portraying Stephen Hawking's wife, Jane, in The Theory of Everything, for, for which she was nominated for a Best Actress Oscar. Since then, she has starred in A Monster Calls, the Star Wars film Rogue One, and played Ruth Bader Ginsburg in On the Basis of Sex, which I auditioned for and did not get a part for. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Was it shot yeah. here? Yeah, it was shot here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know so that. fuck that casting director. <laughs> Anyways, Felicity was born on this day in Birmingham, England in 1983. I haven't seen that movie yet, but I have to say they have a lot of Goyasha people playing Jews in that film, yeah. I must say. Well, you know, it's so hard to find a Jewish person who's in this industry. So I, I understand why they... <laughs> it's very true. Uh, we're we're both honorary Jews, by the way, in case anyone thinks that we're saying anything defamatory. Um, no. All right. In fact, I was being sarcastic to say, yeah, to point course. out the ridiculousness of, course, of, course, of that. Right. I know. Of that. <clears throat> but uh, we're going to get, we're going to get an email from Daniel in about five minutes. All right. Michael McKeon made it big when he played the role of Lenny Kuznowski on the hit series Laverne and Shirley, then played one of his best-known roles as David St. Hubbins in the comedy classic film This is Spinal Tap. 
Since then, he has appeared in Memoirs of an Invisible Man, the Brady Bunch movie, the series Dream On, Tracy Takes On, the musical film version of The Producers, and episodes of Grace and Frankie. He has been married to Annette O'Toole since 1999, and together they wrote one of the songs for the Christopher Guest film A Mighty Wind, and were nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song. He was born on this day in New York City in 1947. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I think my mom so always, great. speaking of my mom again, my mom always loved Lenny and Squiggy. They were yeah. like her favorite characters on TV other than Jack Tripper. You know, it's funny because they were a great comedic duo. Mm-hmm. And you always hear stuff about, you know, Abbott and Costello and all those other, you know, duos. But, you know, those two really, you know, had a lot of charisma and, and stage presence in that in that television series. Yeah, I have to. Uh, Laverne and Shirley is another one that was just a little bit before my time. And I know that I did watch it a couple times, but I need to find that show and really do a deep dive because I know I would love it. I used to love it, Bill. I used to love it. Anyways. Yeah. You can look up on YouTube and you can find uh, episodes that Angelica Houston was a guest star on, on Laverne and Shirley, like way back in the day. No. Yeah. Cause Penny Marshall was a friend of hers and she basically helped her by getting her a couple gigs on the show. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's, oh, I got to go back and see that. Thank I you. I think if you just so. YouTube Laverne and Shirley, Angelica Houston, you'll find them. Oh, I will. Yeah. Max Irons made his film debut in the film Being Julia, which I never saw, in which his father Jeremy Irons also appeared, then played King Edward on the series The White Queen, starred in The Riot Club, and played Glenn Close and Jonathan Price's son in The Wife. His mother is actress Sinead Cusack and was born on this day in London in 1985. Uh, Being Julia is a wonderful film, and that's one of my favorite Annette Benning performances. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chris Lowell recently endeared himself to audiences on the Netflix series Glow, before that appearing on Enlisted, the Veronica Mars film, and the Oscar-nominated The Help. He was born on this day in Atlanta, Georgia, in 1984. I am so upset that they canceled the third series of Glow. Yeah, I can't even tell you. Yeah. Oh, the fourth? fourth, It's just, I'm so not happy. And I guess, did his character die in season three? Because I also noticed that he wasn't in the casting for the fourth season. Um, I can't remember who, who did he play? He's Bash, uh, the guy Bash, you know, like the, the rich kid who, who oh, yeah. we find out is gay. And I haven't, it's I like, haven't had a chance to watch season three yet, but I've got it queued up. I, I'm, uh, you know, it's yeah. just so great. It's Speaking great, but of, also that's a show that got way better with each season too. Like yes. the first season was okay, but the second season kicked it, you know, out of the park and I couldn't wait to watch the third one. I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it yet. And I knew that it was going to just keep getting better. And yeah. Jackie Tone is my absolute favorite on it. Everyone loves her and she's yeah. great. Yeah. And Mark Marin, I swear to you, I not that I wasn't a big fan. He didn't he didn't really strike anything in me until I right. watched that and then and now I'm reading his book, love his podcast, everything he does. Yeah, he's he's cool. I like him a lot and I also owe him because uh one night I was on a date and a guy said did anyone ever tell you you look like Mark, Mark Barron? And I said, no, I don't look anything like him. But the guy made out with me. So I owe Mark a thanks for basically getting me laid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Even though I don't look a thing like him. I don't know what this guy was on, but whatever. As he was on me eventually, so it was fine. Nothing else matters then. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Mark Marin. Anyways, um, going on to our next birthday celebrant, Irene Ryan became acting. Let me try that again. <laughs> 
All right, Bill, but I, I have really... become acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to cut that out. I'm just going to keep that in. Irene Ryan began acting in the mid 30s, playing character parts in films through the 40s and 50s, until being cast on the series for which she is best known in 1962 as Daisy Moses on 274 episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies. Wait, she's not the one with the short shorts. She's the old lady, right? She's the old lady, yeah. Okay, she's the old lady. Yeah. Okay, She was nominated for two Emmys on the show, only 52 when the series began, and she was born on this day in El Paso, Texas in, 2000, in, in, in 1902, and she died in 1973 at the age of 70. Can you believe that she only died at the age of 70, considering yeah, she, she looked 114 her entire life? It's amazing. It's amazing. She had that yeah. screechy voice. Yep. Uh, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hillbillies is a show that I never watched when it, like it, I used to like watching the reruns of 60s shows when I was a kid, sure. but that was not one that I liked. It was a bit too, um, uh, a lot of those Shitty. shows from that era. No, it's just a lot of the shows from that era. They're so like gimmicky Yeah, and the gimmick had to work for you or it didn't. Like I loved the Adams family and I loved, sure. I dream of Jeannie, but that yeah. was about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike Judge is a television legend who has created the shows Beavis and Butthead, Silicon Valley, and King of the Hill, for which he won an Emmy Award for Best Animated Program. He also wrote and directed the film Office Space and was born on this day in Guayaquil, Ecuador in 1962. Mark Gatiss is an actor who appeared in Wolf Hall, London Spy, and the film Our Kind of Traitor. As a writer, he ushered in a new era of internationally popular British television by creating the new Sherlock series with Benedict Cumberbatch and rebooting Doctor Who. For his work, he has won an Emmy and a BAFTA and was born on this day in Sedgefield, England in 1966. Mm -hmm. He's also on Sherlock. He plays... uh, My, 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 Myron, what's the brother's name? Myridge? I don't watch that show. Oh, okay. It's a great show. Sherlock Holmes never did anything for really? me oh, any I've of always... its incarnations. Oh. I could give a shit. Interesting. Some guy with a weird hat and a pipe and his fat friend solving mysteries? <laughs> no, thank you. Listen, me... as somebody's fat friend, I take issue with that <laughs> remark. <laughs> give me an old bag like Angela Lansbury, her typewriter, her glasses, and uh, Tom Bosley, who she fucks on the side, and I'll watch that any day of the week. I did love Murder, She Wrote, but uh, I always loved anything Sherlock Holmes because I always loved anything Victorian, anything said in the Victorian, especially like London Foggy Nights and all that stuff. It thrilled me. I always loved Sherlock. And I've read many of the stories. They're all great. Murder, She Wrote? No, I was talking about bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> It's not Tom Bosley she fucks in that one. It's like <laughs> cartoon animals or something. Can we just do a podcast called Everyone That She Fucks uh, from Murder, She Wrote? There? Oh, God. That's oh, another man. show I have to do a deep dive on. It's on Prime, and I want to watch it from the beginning because I used to love it as a kid, but it's been a long time. And everyone's grandmother, you could not interrupt when Murder, She Wrote was on. My friend used to, like, she would call. Her grandmother would literally hang up on her as soon as she picked up the phone because Murder, She Wrote was on. Like, Grandma, I'm dying. Like, I don't care. You have to wait. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. I want to tee up the, the next celebrant better, Bill, because she's so great. She's so great and had a very sad ending, unfortunately. Yeah. And I loved her. I still love her. I was watching her yesterday, actually, and thinking about how much I loved her. Margot Kidder starred in the classic horror films Black Christmas and Sisters before landing the role that would make her immortal, playing Lois Lane in the fourth Superman movie starring Christopher Reeve. 
Uh, of course, she was also in the Amityville Horror as well. She later appeared on Boston Commons in episodes of Brothers and Sisters, while her problems in her personal life hit the headlines when she had a nervous breakdown in the mid-90s, found hiding in her neighbor's garden, claiming she'd been stalked and attacked. She was placed in psychiatric care and found to be suffering from bipolar disorder and made her way back, continuing to work until her death in 2018 at the age of 69. She was born on this day in Yellowknife, Northwest Territories in 1948, and I just always thought she was so beautiful. I would often get her confused with Carrie Fisher when I was younger. Oh, I could see that. It was a look. We talked about this before. Like yeah. her, Karen Allen, Brooke Adams, and Carrie Fisher too. Like the dark hair and the raspy voice thing. Mm-hmm. It was a look in the late 70s. But Margot, to me, like fully represents the ultimate in like that the, the most glamorous, like just beautiful 70s clothing and hair and everything. She was just uh, stunning. And just had a great quality on screen. I, I love watching her. She's so glamorous. She is. Yeah. Someone else who was very glamorous and had sadly a tragic life as well. Yeah. Margarita Carmen Cancino was born to a Spanish immigrant father and Irish-American Zigfield girl mother, spending most of her youth traveling through Latin America, performing with her father, who it was later revealed sexually abused her regularly from when she, from when she was a young age. She eventually caught the eye of a studio head at Fox while performing in a short film with her family, cast in five films as Rita Cancino before Fox chose not to renew her contract. She was then signed to Columbia Pictures, where studio head Harry Cohn dyed her hair from black to red, removed four inches off her forehead, and changed her name to Rita Hayworth. And from there... Her first major film, Only Angels Have Wings, by Howard Hawks, she became a star. She was one of the biggest Hollywood icons in the war years, thanks to hit films like Cover Girl and her infamous entrance in Gilda. And Fred Astaire later said she was his favorite dancing partner. In her early 40s, she began to suffer from early-onset Alzheimer's that those around her thought was because of her alcoholism and suffered 20 years of symptoms, working only rarely until her death in 1987 at the age of 68. She was born on this day in Brooklyn in 1918. And she was so great. Bill, I, I don't understand what it says where like he lowered four inches from her forehead. What, what he does removed that mean? four inches. So they basically plucked hair off of her forehead to give it a bigger Oh Jesus. To make her for to give her more of a white lady forehead, basically. Because oh. she had like a Latin girl's widow's peak. It's I a very see. painful electrolysis procedure. A lot of the stars back in the day went through it. Uh and uh yeah, and she was dumb because she's basically a really Classic example of an ethnic star turned into someone very Anglo, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Still very popular. Of all the columns I've written for ThatShelf.com, my Rita Hayworth column is still the one with the most hits. Wow. Yeah, she's huge. Really, really quite extraordinary. Andy Whitfield was the talented hunk who played the lead role of the Spartacus series in the first season of the 2010 Stars show before announcing that he would not be able to continue playing the role after being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which eventually took his life in 2011 when he was 39 years old. He was born on this day in Amluch, Wales in 1971. A lot of sad stories today. Oh, man, so sad. Bill, I'm going to let you take the next one. All right. Well, we do have a lot of sad stories today, the next one being Montgomery Clift, the 50s star who might be one of the most beautiful faces to ever appear in front of a movie camera. He debuted with his Oscar-nominated performance in Fred Zinneman's The Search, 
and became such a fan favorite that the studio was flooded with angry letters when Olivia de Havilland rejected him at the end of The Heiress, even though he'd spent the movie trying to marry her just for her money. His most iconic roles followed in The Place in the Sun and From Here to Eternity, before his refusal to work on anything that didn't meet his very high standards kept him from being in a movie for four years, by which point he'd had a near-fatal car accident that required facial surgery. He returned to movies in Raintree County with Elizabeth Taylor, but his career never fully recovered, despite a fourth Oscar nomination for Judgment at Nuremberg. Audiences believed that they could see the scars from his car accident on screen, but what they were really seeing was the damage done by the years of substance abuse that eventually claimed his life in 1966 at the age of 45. He was born on his day in Omaha, Nebraska, in Nebraska, in 1920. So sad, man. Yeah, and very beautiful. Just I think uh, Elizabeth yeah. Taylor had a lot of stories um, about him, and yeah, they and, were they were really good friends, you know. Yeah. And she was in, in her own way in love with him, despite the yeah. fact that he was a gay man. Um, although probably bisexual by today's standards. Um, and uh, but they never, as far as I know, had quite a thing. And, and he mm-hmm. was leaving her house the night he had his uh, car accident, Ugh. and Ugh. In, sadly, it smashed up his face. No other part of his body was damaged, but it right. smashed up his face. Uh, he was driving extremely inebriated and um, Liz, they basically, it was close enough to the house that they heard it from the house and they all ran to him. Liz actually pulled teeth out of his throat to keep him from choking to death. I remember hearing that. Yeah. And then the cops came and, and all the reporters who basically had cop radios came and there's no photos that exist of that night because Elizabeth Taylor said to all of them, if you take one single photo of this, I will never let you, any of you take a photo of me ever again. And none of them did. And there's and no that's pictures. what you call yeah. power. Yeah, yeah. And she was a, a loyal friend, Liz. Mm. Yeah. Comedian and writer Norm MacDonald appeared and wrote for SNL during the 90s, headed up The Norm Show, and starred in the films Dirty Work, Billy Madison, and The Animal. Most recently, he performed voice work in Klaus and Mike Tyson Mysteries. He was born on this day in Quebec City, Quebec, in 1959. Another sad story, Marco. Yeah, very sad. Only because he just never makes me laugh, although I get that a lot of people admire him. Uh, He's never made me laugh once, Mm. not even when he did the Colonel Sanders commercials for KFC. Oh, here's another uh, favorite on my list. Jean Arthur appeared in many movies in the silent era, but she became a star with the advent of sound when her unique voice and pitch-perfect delivery made her the ideal heroine in Frank Capra's Mr. Deeds Goes to Town and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. She remained a leading lady in the 40s while being in her 40s herself, an unusual case for Hollywood, especially at the time, receiving her only career Oscar nomination for The More the Merrier in 1943, and starring in Billy Wilder's A Foreign Affair in 1948 and George Stevens' Shane in 1953 before giving up movie acting. She starred on one season of her own show in 1966 and then retired for good, living to the age of 90 and dying in 1991. She was born Gladys Green on this day in Plattsburgh, New York in 1900. George Went is best known as Norm on the hit series Cheers, for which he was nominated for six Emmy Awards during the show's 11-season run. The short-lived The George Went Show followed, as did performances in the films Outside Providence and Wild About Harry, an arc on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and most recently on episodes of The Goldbergs. He was born on this day in Chicago in 1948, and he just seems like an all-around swell guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He would have been a good Dan Connor if there wasn't already the perfect Dan Connor. For sure. 
Eminem is the name of one of the most successful musical artists of all time, his stage name a play on the initials of his real name, Marshall Mathers. The success of his early independent records led to his signing with Dr. Dre's Aftermath Entertainment and enjoying great success with the Marshall Mathers LP and the Eminem Show, both of which were nominated for Grammy Awards while at the same time garnering him controversy for lyrics that many found homophobic. His worldwide record sales are estimated at 220 million. He was the best-selling music artist of the 2000s, and in 2002, his life story was fictionalized in the film Eight Mile, directed by Curtis Hansen. In the film, he played a version of himself and composed much of the film's score, winning an unexpected Academy Award for Best Original Song for one of his most popular songs, Lose Yourself despite the fact that he was not at the ceremony to perform the song or accept the prize. He released a new album, Music To Be Murdered By, and appeared at the 2020 Academy Awards to finally sing his Oscar-winning song, and was born on this day in St. Joseph, Missouri in 1972. John Marley has 170 credits on IMDb, beginning with the film noir classic Kiss of Death, though he's best known for his performance in the 1968 John Cassavetes film Faces and for his Oscar-nominated performance in the 1970 romantic tearjerker Love Story. He played Jack Woltz in The Godfather, starred in Hooper, and made his last film appearance in the Bruce Stern film On the Edge, which was released two years after his death in 1986 at the age of 76. He was born on this day in Harlem in 1907. Howard E. Rollins Jr. began appearing in Broadway productions in the 70s before being cast in the television miniseries event Roots the Next Generation. His film debut as Cole House Walker in Ragtime earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, followed by the Best Picture nominee A Soldier Story in 1984. From 1988 to 1994, he took over Sidney Poitier's role in the television series adaptation of In the Heat of the Night, filming 121 episodes before he was fired because of his personal legal problems connected to his arrests for drug possession. He eventually went back to work, but his life was ended in 1996 when he died of AIDS-related lymphoma at the age of 46. In 2006, a wax statue of Rollins was unveiled at the Senator Theater in Baltimore, the city where he was born on this day in 1950. It's another wow. sad story. Yeah, so sad. Yeah. And and yet we go to another very likable person. Yes. Uh, uh, Tom Poston appeared in the films The Happy Hooker and Rabbit Test. Quick, uh, quick test for you, Bill. Who wrote the screenplay for Rabbit Test? And directed it as well is my, uh, my dear sweet Joan Rivers. Do you remember Rabbit Test? I remember, but I've never seen it. I, I remember seeing it when I was far too young to see that kind of a film. <laughs> yeah. And, and then do you know why it's called rabbit test? I was explaining this to Amanda. She's because like, in the old days, that's how they checked if you were pregnant, if the rabbit died. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for being the only other person who knew knew the reference there. <laughs> do you remember on MASH when they had to get um, Radar's rabbit to see if uh, Hot Lips was pregnant? No, I don't, but I've never seen a single episode of MASH. Oh, no? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should watch. I have it all at home. I have I have been meaning to watch it. I will get around to it. Okay, I'm going to say this, Bill. So uh, Gary Berghoff played Radar, and he has a wonk finger. Like, he's got a finger that's wonky, like it's too small. Okay. So he always tries to hide it in every kind of um, scene. Right. that they. But once you know that he has this wonky finger and you look out for it, you see it every time he doesn't hide it behind a clipboard or something. Interesting. Daryl Hannah Anyways. wears a, uh, a prosthetic for hers. Oh, really? She has a she's, wonk finger too? No, she's missing a finger. One of her fingers was cut off when she was a kid. I think it's her index finger. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, listen, back to Tom Poston. Sorry. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, yeah. <laughs> well, he's best known for his television work, winning an Emmy Award for The Steve Allen Show in 1959 and playing Mr. Bickley on Mork and Mindy. He earned three more Emmy nominations as George in 184 episodes of Newhart. He later appeared on Grace Under Fire, Coach, and Committed before his death in 2007 at the age of 85. Well, he was born on this day in Columbus, Ohio in 1921. Rob Marshall was a Tony-nominated choreographer who moved into directing musical theater and eventually film. First a television movie remake of Annie starring Kathy Bates before his film version of Candor and Ebb's Chicago won the Oscar for Best Picture and brought back the popularity of big screen musicals. He followed that success with Memoirs of a Geisha, Nine, Into the Woods, and Mary Poppins Returns. He is currently filming the live-action version of The Little Mermaid, and was born on this day in Madison, Wisconsin. No, in Madison, Washington, in 1960. Cameron Esposito is a comedian, an actress, who has released the albums Same Sex Symbol, Back to Back, and Rape Jokes, appeared in the film Mother's Day, and on the shows Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Drunk History. From 2016 to 2018, she created and starred on the show Take My Wife with her own then-wife, Rhea Butcher. And from 2013 to 2019, she hosted the stand-up comedy podcast, Put Your Hands Together. She currently hosts the podcast, Query, and was born on this day in Chicago in 1981. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I love featuring people who have successful podcasts on our podcast, Bill. Yes, yeah. And I love Put Your Hands Together. It was what I looked forward to every week, and I was very sad when it ended. Well, listen, hey, our, our podcast hasn't ended yet, so no, tune in tomorrow. For but it also makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill, it might make you sad, but I had a lot of fun on today's episode. Me with you. too, me too. Have a great October 17. <sighs> See you tomorrow.